Lord is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. is my best friend, my shepherd. Good morning, everyone. I want to welcome you to Victory Christian Fellowship. What a glorious and wonderful day it is. Beautiful time to gather in God's presence. We're so glad that you're here this morning and you're watching online. It's going to be an exciting day. And Father, we just come before you right now. And Lord, we give you all the glory. We give you the highest praise. We exalt your name, Lord. <clears throat> And we welcome your presence in our midst. And we just recognize that you are Lord of all. And we thank you for your power and your presence right here, right now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together.
worship him in this place. You are the way maker. Come on. That's the one thing we can agree in in this house today. Lord, you make a way where there is no way. You're the only authorized person to do the impossible. We worship you in this house today, Lord. Together as one, we worship you, Father. We worship you in this place. Come on, open your mouth and worship him. Lord, we worship you in this place. In one accord, we worship you in this place today. We say you are the God that does the impossible. You are the God that makes a way. You make things, crooked things straight, Lord. You bring waters in the desert, streams in the desert. Lord, we worship you in this house. We stir ourselves up. We stir our own selves up. And we worship you in this place today, Lord. We worship you in this house. Lord, we ask that you would come and make your presence. You would come and make your presence known to us in this place today, Lord. This is 
thank you for your power there is none like you Lord and you've given us your Holy Spirit who brings us into all truth and we thank you Lord that you are living you're praying for us you're at God's right hand and Lord you speak to us by your spirit. Shiato kone, ona shahumake, ona hane akia, shamae, ane yaki, oma shamae, mea mama, shaniaka, ona he, oma shaha, yomaha. For I will take your filthy rags, your own righteousness, and I will give you a garment of praise. I have tailor-made a garment of righteousness for you. You shall be clothed in white, for my blood has cleansed you and washed you and sanctified you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. That's a good upgrade, isn't it? I'll gladly get rid of my garments, my heavy garments. Heaviness, you know, heaviness. Wait for a garment of praise. There, there was a time in my life when I was, it was awkward raising my hands, but I'm a free man. Hallelujah. I can praise God in spirit and in truth. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Tide couldn't get the stain out. But his blood did. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, you may have your seats. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. Hallelujah. We're so glad that you're here at VCF. And if you're visiting, we just welcome you here. Glory to God. God is good.
And one of the things that we like to do here is we like to declare the word. You know, God gave us his authority. Amen. And uh, we can speak his word and get his results. Yes. So we want to invite you to join us as we make our confession, emphasizing the work of the Holy Spirit in us. Let's make our confession. Our Our Heavenly Heavenly Father Father has given to us another comforter to comfort comfort us, us, encourage us, us, and strengthen us. He helps us to stay on God's course. God's Holy Spirit abides with us forever. He is our advocate of truth and our divine tutor to guide us in life. We have have the spirit of wisdom who teaches us all things. He is eternal. He was involved in creation. And he knows all things. We are learning great things from him. The Holy Spirit is our personal powerhouse who abides within us and overshadows us. Through him we can boldly testify how good our God is. We welcome and receive help in all things through the Holy Spirit. He helps us solve problems, find solutions, and outsmart all enemies to give us victory in life. The Holy Spirit is our greatest ally who stands for righteousness, holiness, and truth. He always glorifies and honors the Lord Jesus and his kingdom. God's Spirit unveils and reveals to us what is ours. He provides us with special abilities and extraordinary power through divine grace. At Victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance. To proclaim the uncompromising word of God, to build a strong body of believers, and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. Amen. Good morning. God bless you. It's good to see each one of you here today. Announcements for today. This week on Tuesday is our weekly Air Force youth meeting at 6 p.m. We start with a meal and then a time of worship, a lesson, and then fun activities or games. And then Wednesday is our weekly Wednesday night refreshing, and that starts at 6.30. Men save next weekend. We've been talking about it for a while, and now it's next weekend. October 29th and 30th, the Everyday Hero Men's Conference. Be a world changer with our special guest speaker, Kel Steiner. Correct? I remembered. (laughs) And also, it's Pastor Appreciation Month, so you can make note of that, how the Lord leads you to honor your pastors at at VCF. We are very blessed and well-fed And um, also this Saturday, the youth, just a reminder, we are planning to go to the Let Us Worship event, and we're planning to meet here at 1.30. So just double let me know, or Pastor Nelson, so we can plan accordingly to 
for the van, the n- number of seats. Also, they have a baptism at the end of the service. So if you'd like to be water baptized, youth, at the Let Us Worship event, you can bring a towel. Okay. And then um, there, tomorrow, Terry Orlando needs a ride to work at 6. It's already taken care of. Wonderful. That's called the blessing of the Lord. We'll turn that page over. Thank you. That's the end of my announcements. <laughs> Amen. Someone say praise the Lord. Whoo, God is good. Hallelujah. God is always up to something good, isn't he? I want you to turn into the book of uh, Leviticus before we dismiss our kids. And I just want to, I just give you a little nugget so that you can get more nuggets. Amen. In Leviticus chapter 27, starting with verse 30, he says here, he says, all the tithe of the land. A tithe is a tenth, whether it's of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. Say this with me. Say, the tithe is the Lord's. And then he adds, it is holy or set apart unto the Lord. And the King James says, and if a man shall redeem uh, aught of his tithes, he shall add thereunto a fifth. So if you don't pay your tithes, it costs you 20% more. (laughs) Well, we serve a Jewish God, amen? (laughs) No, but you know, tithing, it takes faith. And it's something that we give back to God, and then he blesses the 90, amen? And uh, the tithe was, people did it before the law. God put it in his law. It's in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, amen? And uh, it's something that we should do as a believer in Christ Jesus. You know, we were talking about opening the floodgates. Well, you know, uh, God, when we tithe, the Bible says he opens the windows of heaven. And you know what he does when he opens windows of heaven? He dumps things on you. Right? And he, he will give you so much that your rooms won't be able to contain it. So all of you... Uh, desiring to give this morning you can give any time during the service we have a seed planter uh, there that wooden box there and the wooden boxes you come in if you make a check make it out to vcf if you're watching online you can do it through our website all kinds of ways that you can do it and father i just pronounce a blessing upon the givers and the gifts of your people lord i thank you that they're investing in good ground and you cause their seed to be multiplied and you Give them an abundant, super abundant return. And we just give you thanks and praise for it. And we bless you, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen. All right, kids, are you guys ready? We have kids' life. That's kids living in faith every day. And we want to dismiss you now to have your class. So kids, have a great class. Have fun. Glory to God. Amen.
We like to cheer as the kids go out because we want to communicate that church is fun. I grew up in a church where I fell asleep all the time as a young boy. Amen. And uh, I'm so thankful that I met Jesus. He changed my life. Glory to God. Well, we're so glad that you're here this morning. And uh, I'm Pastor Doug, and we're just, oh, glory to God. We're going to begin a new series today, because sometimes you can't just get everything in in one, one shot. Amen? And uh, I always have more notes than I can preach in the allotted time. But uh, today, we are going to discover our true identity. Amen? And if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 10. Matthew, chapter 10. And uh, I want you to look at verse 39. Matthew 10 and verse 39. Jesus is talking about following him. And, you know, he needs to be the most important person in your life. And in verse 39, it says, He that finds his life shall lose it. Now, isn't that interesting? If you try to seek your own life, your own thing, you're going to end up losing it. But then he says, And he that loses his life for my sake shall find it. So when you give your life for God, that's when you're going to find your true self. Amen? Let me read this from the Passion Translation. The Passion Translation says, this is from verse 37, Whoever loves father or mother or son or daughter more than me is not fit to be my disciple. And whoever comes to me must follow in my steps and be willing to share my cross and experience it at his own, or he is not worthy of me. Those who cling to their lives will give up true life. But those who let go of their lives for my sake and surrender it all to me will discover true life. How many want to discover true life? Amen. Amen? Let me read this from the Message Translation, the Message Bible. If you don't go all the way with me through thick and thin, you don't deserve me. (laughs) I like that. If your first concern is to look after yourself, you'll never find yourself. You ever know someone that tried to go somewhere to find themselves and they never really succeeded? Because you're never going to find yourself until you meet your maker, your manufacturer, your creator. Then he says, uh, but if you forget about yourself and look to me, you'll find both yourself and me. Amen. Amen? So we're going to discover our true identity this morning. You know, the devil seeks to steal your identity. He is an identity thief. Right? Because he is a deceiver. He is a liar. He tries to get you into bondage by believing a lie, whereas if you believe the truth, you'll be set free. The devil is the father of lies, and he promotes false 
things. And if he can get you to believe an image that's false about you, then he's got you in bondage. Until the truth comes along and unlocks the the door that has held you captive and breaks all the chains. So the devil misrepresents himself. You know, he'll never say, hi, I'm the devil. I'm going to deceive you today. He is subtle. He he comes in darkness. He can't make you do anything, but he can give you thoughts, ideas, and suggestions that are not true. Isn't this what he did for Jesus when he tempted him? He said, if you're the son of God, Jesus knew full well whose son he was. He knew exactly who he was. But the devil was trying to get him to doubt who he was. If you're the son of God, make these stones into bread. Well, Jesus didn't have to do anything because the devil said do it. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Jesus found his identity in the word. Same place you're going to find your identity. Is in the word of God. So, we're going to be free today. Amen? See, Satan wants to get you to buy a lie. But don't buy his lies. Don't even rent them. Amen? So, what is our identity? Right? It's a big thing today. Right? Our identity is the fact of being, it is who or what a or per, who or what you are. Okay? It's your distinguishing characteristics. Your personality. It is your individuality. It is also sameness of essential or genetic character character in different instances. The the dictionary.com says it's the condition or character as to who a person or what a thing is, your qualities, your beliefs that distinguish you. It is who you are. It's the way you think about yourself. All right? It is the characteristics that define you. Right? It's found in your physical attributes. It's by the way we look. No one is the same. Not even twins. They may look the same, but there are distinguishing characteristics. Everyone has a unique fingerprint. Right? Everyone has a unique retinal scan, right? The way your eyeball is, is unique from anybody else. The way your fingerprint is, is unique from anybody else. Amen? But it is also found in how you behave, in what you do, right? Right? Your name identifies you, your fingerprints, your DNA. 
You know, they can, they can match your DNA. Give me a strand of hair or some saliva, right? And you can't un, unidentify you. You are, it gives you an accurate description of who you are. Why? Because your DNA is unique to, indi- to every individual, yeah. right? Every vehicle has a vehicle identification number, a VIN. Your insurance company knows your VIN. Every car that's manufactured can be identified by a number. They put a, a metal plate in, in the uh, dashboard or in the door, Right? So every, every, everything that's manufactured has a serial number. Why? Because if there's a problem, they can, they can know who manufactured it and they can solve the problem. Right? So identification is important. And, but God, see, um, only the manufacturer can identify a thing, what it was designed to do and what it was made to do. So the only way that you're going to find your true identity is if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You're never going to find who you are. You won't, you won't find who you are in a cave or on the mountain or by the beach or by the river or in the forest. You're only going to find who you really are by meeting your creator, by meeting your Lord and Savior. Only then will the truth be unlocked to you of who you really are. And when you find your identity, you'll know your purpose and you'll gain confidence. It produces confidence. Let me just give you some scriptures and then we're going to go into the meat or the heart of the matter. All right. John 1, 12. John chapter 1, verse 12. It says, yet to all who did receive him. To those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So you can, you can be identified as a child of God. You have the right or the privilege to become, to become God's child by receiving him and believing in him. Okay? So, oh, hallelujah. We're going to get into this, but... If Satan stole your identity, God can give it back to you. God is an identity restoration specialist. Some people identify themselves as sick, but God will identify you as healed. Some people identify themselves as poor. God identifies you as rich. God's identity for you is always better than the world's identity. All right, Romans 8:28. Romans 8:28. We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. Your new identity causes you to operate in divine purposes. Did you know that every one of you in here today has a a divine purpose? You you were not just born on this earth by accident. God designed you to be here at this time. He created you. He He gave you your personality. He gave you gifts. He deposited life into you. Amen. You were you were here on purpose for a purpose. But not everybody finds their true purpose because they're not connected to the truth. 
Amen? All right, Ephesians 1, 7. Ephesians 1, 7. In him, where? In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Your new identity is clean and loaded with goodness, favor, and power. Woo, glory to God. Hallelujah. You are redeemed. Right? You've been forgiven. Boy, doesn't that remove a weight? Hallelujah. You know, sin will cause you to have guilt, shame, and condemnation. But God removes all that. Hallelujah. All right, John 15. John 15, verse 58. I'm sorry, verse 16. John 15, verse 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you might go and bear fruit. So God chose you, God appointed you. Why? So that you could be productive for his kingdom. Your identity has been chosen. Now you must accept it, bear fruit with your new identity. Amen? What was impossible under your old identity, which is the old man, is now made possible under the new identity, the new man. If you're in Christ Jesus, you're a new man. And that has, that's not gender, right? It also includes women. You're a new woman. Hallelujah. If you're in Christ, you're a new creation. You're a new creature. Old things are what? Passed away, including your old identity. Hmm. Genesis 1:27 God created mankind in his own image in the image of God he created them male and female he created them your identity is based on the image of your creator He made you he named you he identified you And he, you know why cuz he he made you in his image in his likeness Every child has some kind of attributes of their parents. I have my father's hands, for sure. He's got thick fingers. I've got thick fingers. Amen. Glory to God. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. These are just the hors d'oeuvres, by the way. Before I formed you... In the womb, I knew you. Well, what, what better way to find your identity than the person who knows you the best? Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. You may not be a prophet, but you were appointed for something. Amen? I was appointed to be a pastor. Glory to God. The creator decides what his creation is and what it was designed to do. The creator designs it. Right? The one who came up with the idea and the design, he knows what it's for. 
God knows why he made you. Glory to God. All right. First Peter chapter two, verse nine. Who wait till you get to the main course. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Aren't you glad you've been called out of darkness? Your old identity was associated with darkness, but your new identity is associated with light. You can now identify yourself as a chosen royal priest who is holy and you belong to God. Your new identity has a new message. The praises of God. We are designed to to sing forth, to show forth his praises. Glory to God. Your new identity comes with a new message. All right, Galatians chapter 2. See, I'm I'm giving you a smorgasbord of hors d'oeuvres today. Galatians 2.20. Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I live. You talk about a new identity. He says, but Christ lives in me. And the life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Your old identity is dead, and and Christ and his anointing lives in you. He is your new identity. We now identify. There was a time when I wasn't a Christian, but now I'm a Christian. I identify with Christ. I am now Christ-like. I have a new identity. Glory to God. All right, Romans 6, 6. Romans 6, 6. We know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Do away with your old identity and embrace the new one. The old one was a slave. The new one is a free man. Glory to God. Hallelujah. All right. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are God's handiwork. Did you know that God put his hand on you and designed your features. Oh, glory to God. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. How could God prepare a good work in advance if he didn't know what you were for? He knew exactly what you were for so he could prepare a good work before you ever got on the scene. Why? That's what you were designed to do. This is what you were designed to do. This is what I created you for. I was created to help people find their treasure and inheritance in God's word. That's why I was created. Hallelujah. That's my purpose. 
Where did I find that? I found that in God. It was hidden in God. I just had to meet him to find it. Glory to God. So, your new identity is a valuable masterpiece. You have the master in you, and his signature is on you. You are his canvas, marble, and clay. Ooh, I'm God's canvas, marble, and clay. And as you can see, God likes variety. God likes color. Amen? Don't ever treat someone different because they're of a different color. God loves color. He made flowers. Beautiful flowers. All different colors. All right, Philippians chapter 3, verse 20. Philippians chapter 3, verse 20. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Your new identity has a new location. It has a base of operation or a headquarters in heaven. You are a citizen of a new kingdom. Glory to God. You have dual citizenship. You're a citizen here or wherever you're from, and you're a citizen of heaven. Glory to God. And then finally, the last hors d'oeuvre, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. Isn't the Bible good? What am I doing? I'm renewing your identification. You know, every so often you've got to get a new driver's license. You've got to renew your ID, right? Because it expires. But the ID that God gives you is eternal. It never expires. But you should be reminded of it. 2 Timothy 1.7 See, if you were fearful in an old man, you're fearless as a new man. That's a new identity. God did not give us a spirit of timidity or cowardice or fear, but he has given to us a spirit of power, of love and sound judgment and personal discipline. Abilities that result in a calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. Your new identity is fearless, loving, wise, and disciplined, and you are governed by new rules. You know, your new identity does have new rules. Amen? Glory to God. All right? Let's get, you ready for the main course? All right, God made us who we are. So we could make known who he is. Did you know that you are God's billboard on earth? And the Bible says you should do good works before man so that they might see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. People ought to glorify God by the way you behave, by the way you talk, by the way you act, and by the way you think. Why? We ought to be different. We ought, to be, we ought to have a distinct difference than the world. And when you go into a place that's evil, you bring good to it. You can change an entire atmosphere because of who's on the inside of you. Yeah, yeah. Thank 
Glory to God. All right? I want you to go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. The most significant identity that you could ever describe yourself to be is a son or daughter of God. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 8. When you know Christ, you know your heavenly father. So God is the one who determines who you are. And if you don't know who you are, all you got to do is ask him. And he'll tell you. Moses didn't know who he was until God says, I want you to go and deliver my people. He, he, he knew that he was a deliverer, but he had no clue on how to do it until God met him. But when God met him, he fulfilled his purpose, right? He delivered people, didn't he? Amen. All right. Romans chapter 8. And I'm going to read this from the Amplified. All right. Because the Amplified just brings out some really good things in this. Starting with verse 1. Okay. Therefore, there is now no condemnation, no guilty verdict or punishment from, for those who are in Christ Jesus. I want you to notice that phrase, in Christ Jesus. That's a new identity. That's where your identity is located. Your, your identity is found in Christ, in a relationship with him, believing in him, connected to him. Okay? You're not going to find your identity anywhere else. It's uniquely connected to Christ, the Messiah, and the Anointed One. All right? Glory to God. So, you're only going to find your true identity in Christ. Any any identity outside of Christ is a fake identity. It's a false ID. Why? Jesus is the way and the... Say he's the truth. So if you want to find your true identity, you've got to go in the truth. If you're outside of Christ, you're operating, you you have a fake ID, a false identity. Because your identity in Christ is eternal, anything outside of Christ is temporal. It's passing away. Anything in Christ remains forever. So you want your identity to remain forever, amen? You are who you are, wherever you are. And Jesus knows the real you. Yeah. you. You might be able to head fake some people, but God knows who you really are. Yeah, Amen? Amen? So let's get rid of our fake identity. You don't need a false identity. Own who you are. Yeah. Yeah. Accept who you are. Who God made you to be. Who God called you to be. Who God designed you to be. Who God created you to be. Right. He created you to be victorious. So be victorious. See yourself victorious. Yeah. Do you think David could have conquered Goliath with a false identity? No, he knew that he had a covenant. He knew that he had a covenant-keeping God. He knew that God was faithful. He couldn't, he couldn't slay a, a, a giant with a false identity. He had to be confident in who God made him to be. He was the only one out of the whole entire army, and he wasn't even a soldier who stepped up because he was the only one who knew who he was. It made the difference.
You trying to take on the devil with a false identity is like the seven sons of Sceva trying to cast out a demon. I adjure you to come out in the name of uh, Jesus, who Paul knows. And the demon said, Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. But who are you? See, they, they didn't know who they were, but the devil knew who they were. They weren't identified in Christ. And the devil knew that he could whoop them, and he did. One man whipped se- I mean, he whipped seven men. Sent them home naked. <laughs> All right. Verse 2. We're just going to take it slow. We're, we're, we're camping out right here. This is camp identity in Romans 8 right here. Okay? Verse 2. King James says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ, in Christ Jesus, there's that phrase again, has made me free from the law of sin and death. Amplified says, For the law of the Spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, the law of our new being, the law of our new identity. Hallelujah. The law has set you free from the law of sin and death. Aren't you glad you've been set free? The word of God and the work of the Holy Spirit help maintain your new identity or your true identity. You're free in your new identity, and you stay free by keeping the word. You ever hear a witness protection program? Someone who witnesses a crime, and their life is in danger, they get put in WITSAC, witness protection, right? And what do they get? They get a new identity. They get a new place to live. They have to leave their past behind. Sounds to me like a born-again believer. Jesus is, oh, he's the justice department, and he's put you under witness protection from the enemy. Glory to God. You have a new identity. You have a new location. You have a new purpose. You have a new life. You're in the witness protection program. The enemy can't find you. The enemy can't touch you. The enemy can't overcome you. Glory to God. Your new identity has power over the enemy. And with under witness protection, you can't contact your past. Guess what? Your old man is in the tomb. Don't be a grave digger. One time I was reading a book. I forget what the book was, but there was a line in that book. It said it was a whole, it was a hard fight, but the old man had to die. <laughs> do, you, do you realize that every day you've got to choose? To operate and yield to your new identity versus your old identity. You can, you, it's still possible for you, even as a born-again believer, to operate or to function in your old identity. Because we still have this flesh, right? Our flesh has not been born again. The house you live in has to be subdued. The mind that you have has to be renewed, but your spirit has been made new. And the spirit is the real you. That's where your identity is. Glory to God. So under the witness protection, you have a different set of rules to live by. Right? Because you you become a new person. Don't you? All right. Verse 3. Romans 8, 3. 
King James says, for what the law could not do in that, well, let me just read it from the Amplified. For what the law could not do, that it, it, that is overcome sin and remove the penalty. See, if, if the law could do it, you could do it on your own. But the law couldn't do it. You can't, you can't have a new identity by keeping the law. You've got to meet your creator. Okay? All right, it was, uh, the law couldn't remove the sin's penalty or its power, being weakened by the flesh, man's nature without the Holy Spirit. Your old identity was powerless, but your new identity is full of power. Glory to God. God sent his own son in the likeness of sinful man as an offering for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh. He subdued and over he subdued it and overcame it in the person of his own son. Hallelujah. Jesus has dual identity. He is the Son of Man and the Son of God. You know, have you ever met a person with dual citizenship? They have citizenship in two countries. Right? Some countries allow that. Some countries don't. Some countries do. Right? But Jesus is the Son of God, but he's also the Son of Man. He is divine, but yet he he walked on this earth. He put on flesh. Amen? He dwelt among us. He was the Word made flesh. He was the original Bible man. Gabriel used to love watching the Bible man. Right? So Jesus has dual identities. He has dual citizenship. Right? He operated under the Son of Man identity to take away our sins. He, oh my goodness, he infiltrated Satan's crime family as an insider. He He disguised himself as a flesh person. He was born into this earth See, you can, only be, you can only be here if you're born here, right? People just don't appear. They have to be born here. Every one of us were born here, right? Because if you don't have a physical body, you, you know, you need a physical body to operate in this physical realm. So Jesus, you know, the FBI, they put in undercover agents, Jesus was the greatest undercover agent. He put on flesh and he infiltrated the crime family that Satan thought he was running, that Satan thought he had the victory, and he defeated it from the inside out. (laughs) How did he do that? He used his dual identity. You know, when when you're going to, he had a secret identity that the enemy didn't know. (laughs) Glory to God. The enemy thought he was just some ordinary man. That the, but the enemy had another thing coming, didn't he? This was the second Adam. He was going to do things right. He wasn't going to lose his identity. Glory to God. And he didn't. And because of what he did, we can now benefit from a new identity. Amen. See, mankind's flesh identifies with the world. Look at verse 4. So that the righteous and just requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not live our lives in the ways of the flesh, guided by worldliness and our sinful nature, 
but our lives in the ways of the Spirit guided by His power. So, our flesh identifies with the world. All right? That is the realm in which Satan, who is the God of this world currently? Satan. How did he get to be God of this world? Adam let him have it. Through sin, through disobedience to God, it gave Satan control. How is Satan going to get control of your life? Through sin and disobedience to God, Satan is going to have a place in your life that he can steal, kill, and destroy from. How do you keep Satan out? Obey God and don't sin. Amen? And if you sin, repent quickly. So, see, our flesh allows us to contact this physical world and interact with it, right? Just like a spacesuit allows an astronaut to go to the moon. The spacesuit allows them to go into an environment that has, no, that has low oxygen and, and zero gravity. Their spacesuit allows them to, that to happen, doesn't it? Well, our bodies allow us to be into this physical realm, into this natural realm. Okay? And so, um, if, our, if we find our identity in the flesh, we're guided and under the influence of worldliness and our sinful nature. In other words, you're ruled by your five senses. And if it doesn't compute in your five senses, you don't accept it or you don't believe it. A lot of people don't believe that they're healed because they're not seeing themselves healed. But when you, see, you're not the sick trying to get healed. You're the healed uh, uh, rebuking sickness. Did you know that sickness is an intruder in your body? You know, God already put white blood cells in our body to fight off infection, to fight off things that don't belong in our body. He gave us white blood cells as an army within our body to fight intruders. If you cut your finger, your body is designed to heal it. Your body stops bleeding on its own. It's called clotting, right? God designed it that way. So you're telling me that the God who designed your body to heal itself doesn't want And sometimes we need a supernatural boost of healing. That's where, God, that's where miracles come in, right? That's where God's word comes in. Because sometimes, see, because sickness makes you weak. Sickness steals your energy and your time and your vitality. And sometimes it's hard to fight, and so you need someone to come alongside you, and that's what the power of God does. So the influence of worldliness affects how we think. It affects how we act and speak. And when we're influenced by the world, we act just like the world. Why is there so much divorce in the church because they're acting like the world. And therefore, the same statistics in the world or in the church. See, because people aren't acting differently. They're not accepting their true identity. They're yielding to their old identity. The old man. we got to crucify the old man. Paul said, I die daily. What does that mean? I keep my body under. I crucify my flesh daily. You know you got to tell your flesh no every day? How many know if you just let your flesh control your life, it's going to get out of control? What happens when you allow your flesh to 
Like alcohol, you become an alcoholic. That becomes your identity. And what do they do? They make people stand up and say, I'm an alcoholic. Are you? It's time you change your identity. Did, did Paul did Paul go to Persecutors Anonymous? And after he met Jesus, did he go around saying, I'm a persecutor? No. He said, I am what I am by the grace of God. I'm an apostle chosen by God. He always identified who he was in his relationship to Jesus Christ. He never identified himself as what he used to do or what he used to be. If you identify yourself as the job that you do, then you're only going to be known by the things that you do. It's limited. You've got to identify yourself in Christ, in God. That's who you are. Doesn't matter what you do. Doesn't matter where you go. Doesn't matter where you live. Who you are is what he says you are. And when you accept it, then you're in agreement with God. Then you just be it. Right? Oh, there's some things coming out of here today. So when we're under the influence of worldliness, we're governed by our senses. And our output changes with the circumstances, and it tends to lean on the negative side of things. Isn't there a lot of negativity in the world? I mean, some people can't even recognize the truth. (laughs) You know, when they want to kill a baby, they say that you have a choice. But when the government wants you to do something else, they say you don't have a choice. Why is that? Oh, it's my choice when I want to commit murder, but it's it's not my choice when I want to live free. Huh. That's the way of the world. So when you're under the worldliness, this is what verse 4 is talking about. See, it doesn't take faith to live in the flesh. God does not contact you in the flesh. God is his spirit. He speaks to your spirit. And your spirit tells your mind, and your mind tells your body. And when you get your, your, your spirit, your soul, and your body in, in agreement with God, great things happen. Miracles happen. Power happens. Victory happens. Overcoming happens. Amen? So when you identify with the flesh, you're always thinking about gratifying the flesh. That's, your, that's why you live. That's what you do. You live to please the flesh because you're bound by the flesh. That's an old identity. Verses 6 to 8 talks about that. See, identifying with the flesh leads to death. Look at verse 6 in Romans 8 there. Or, uh, yeah. Now the mind of the flesh is what? Death. That sounds to me like a dead end. Your old identity will end, but your new identity will go on forever. Amen? So, notice what it says in verse 7. The mind of the flesh with its sinful pursuits 
is actively hostile to God. It does not submit itself to God's law since it cannot. Under your old identity, you are unsubmissive to God. You're hostile to God. You oppose the things of God. You don't do what God wants you to do. Why? Because you're opposed to it. Why are people following God like this? Because they're, they're hostile to God. They're yielding to their old identity, which is in the flesh. You know what the Bible calls going back to the flesh? It's like a dog going back to its vomit. How many ever saw a dog eat its vomit? That's disgusting. But that, see, that's what's going back into your old life, going back into the old world, going back into the flesh. That's what happens. It's like a dog going back to its vomit. Listen, your vomit is waste. Leave it there. Don't go back to it. Don't go back to your sin. It's waste. Amen? It's toxic. Don't, don't, don't mess with it. Leave it alone. Amen? Say, I'm not going there again. Yeah, the devil can't make you go when you say no. See, what happens is, when you're in the flesh, you make up your own law, or you abide by the law of sin and death. See, people make up their own laws and how they can follow God. You can't make up, we can't make up our own laws to follow God. We got to follow God's law. God is the king. He reigns supreme. Since we're not Lord and he is, we got to follow him. We cannot make up our own rules. Jesus didn't even make up his own rules. He did everything the father wanted him to do. He was in sync and harmony and agreement with his father. Amen. All right. To submit to God's law, you need to identify with Jesus, his kingdom, and his way of living. See, if you want to submit to God's law, you've got to identify with Jesus. Jesus, he submitted to God. I can do nothing of myself. That's a scripture, by the way. Jesus said that. The things that I do, I see my father do. So he was in direct communication with God. Amen? Wouldn't you say that Jesus was a success? So if you want to operate in your new identity, he'll lead you to success. But if you want to fail, just keep going by your old identity. Right? And you're sure to fail. See, to please God, you need a new identity. You have to become a new creature You'll have a new heart and new desires, goals, and a fresh perspective on life. How many, when you got born again, you looked at things differently? You thought, you thought differently, right? And you endeavored to act differently, didn't you? Yeah. When, we born, when we're born again, our desire now, we want to please God. We want to do what God wants. We want to do what God likes. Amen? Glory to God. So this is our, our old identity under the flesh. Now let me clean it up a little bit with our new identity. Okay? Our new identity in Christ, this is all from Romans 8, by the way, it's free from a guilty verdict and the fear of punishment. 
Why? I've been made right with God who is the judge. Hallelujah. I have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, I have no fear, no condemnation, no guilt, no shame. I reject those things. Why? I'm accepted in the beloved. I'm chosen by God. I'm a child of God. That's what my identity is. Glory to God. I'm confident in who I am and whose I am. Hallelujah. Your new identity in Christ is found only in Christ, and it has set you free from sin and death. Glory to God. It broke the chains of sin that held you down for so long. When you, when you got a new identity, you were set free. You're not in hiding anymore. You can live out in the open. Why? Because under your new identity, you can confront Satan if he tries to offer you your old identity. And you can reject it. Amen? Your new identity in Christ is guided and infused with the power of God. Woo! Paul said, I live by the faith of the Son of God. My life is infused with power. You've got a powerhouse. You've got power to witness, power to live, power to speak, power to act on God's behalf, power to tread on serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the devil. Your new identity is infused with the power of God. Glory to God. You can give a knockout punch to your enemy. This is all from Romans 8, by the way. Your new identity in Christ, it flows in life and peace. When your mind is in the spirit, it gives life and peace. You flow in life and peace. You are a walking cistern of life. Why? Because the life of God is on the inside of you. Glory to God. Life and peace. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. Stop. Stop taking ownership of any disease that is trying to come on you. This is my disease. No, it isn't. Why are you taking ownership of it? God didn't give it to you. So it's not the truth. It it might be a fact. Well, I'm feeling the effects in my body. Yeah, but truth changes fact. Stop, just stop taking ownership of it. It's not your sickness. It is an intruder. It is an unwelcome guest. It is an invader of my personal property. It, it is someone who I did not allow into this temple. And by the word of God and by the spirit of God, I'm eradicating it. Oppose it. Don't welcome it. Sickness. Don't welcome poverty. Well, I was born this way. Really? You were born... Man was designed to live forever. God put him in a garden full of everything they needed. The temperature perfect, everything perfect, atmosphere perfect, environment perfect. Hallelujah. 
you know what Jesus came to do? He came to preach good news to the poor. What's good news to the poor? You don't have to be poor no more. And guess what? Your riches will not come from toil. I don't care if you get five jobs. That ain't going to make you rich. God will make you rich. But I'm on a fixed income. Well, let God unfix it. Who fixed it? God can unfix it. I mean, my goodness, he provided for two to three million people for 40 years in the wilderness. They didn't lack for anything. If he could do that in the wilderness, what could he do today with the Holy Ghost inside of you? Say, my God can provide. He is able to provide. And he shall provide for me. Hallelujah. You got to see yourself as a king's kid. The problem is your old identity has given you a negative image. And your image needs to be changed about how you see yourself. See, your behavior affects how you act, how you think, how you speak, and, and how you behave. Amen? All right? Your, identity, your new identity in Christ is a result of the Holy Spirit living in you as a constant counselor. My goodness, you got someone living on the inside who was at creation. You got someone on the inside who brought the earth into being. You got someone on the inside who knows more than anything. Amen. He knows everything about everything. And he's on the inside of you as a resource. Your new identity. You, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. That's where he dwells. That's where he lives. That's where he operates. In you. Because you're in Christ, his spirit got in you. Amen? That's your identity. We are discovering our new identity. We're throwing off the old identity. You know, when you, when you get a new ID, they punch it, don't they? They punch a hole in it. So you can't use it anymore. Stop using your ID, your old ID. Operate on, according to your new ID. Who gave you the authority to do it? J-S-U-S. Oh, you're one of his. Okay. Amen. Own who you are in him. Own who you are in Christ. Your new identity in Christ, your spiritual life becomes the most important part of your life because that is where your life comes from. You live to do things that your spiritual life requires. Your spiritual life needs spiritual food. Your spiritual life needs spiritual fellowship. God never designed any person to be an island to themselves. You're not an island with no trespassing signs. You need, we, let me just put it, we need each other. God needs you and we need you. Amen? Say we need each other. You were designed for fellowship. God knew that. So he included in his new identity a new place to hang out called the church. Not the building, but the people. 
If fellowship is important and it's in the Bible, it ought to be important to us. Well, how come some people aren't fellowship? Because they're operating according to their false identity. Amen? We don't accept fake IDs here. All fake IDs will be confiscated and burned. <laughs> Hallelujah. See, the, 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 our life comes from the Holy Spirit. All right? How about this? The Holy, as in your new identity in Christ is where the Holy Spirit overrides your human weaknesses by giving you life and power. Let the weak say, I'm what? Oh. But my body says I'm weak. Yeah, don't listen to your body. It lies. Your body is not the truth. Well, how can I be strong when I'm weak? Because you're getting strength from somewhere else. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. How did... Elijah run faster than chariots because he got some strength from somewhere. How did Samson kill a thousand people with the jawbone of a donkey because he got some strength from somewhere? How did Joshua defeat 33 kings because he got some strength from somewhere? God said no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. He already given him the victory before he even was in the position. He already set him up for victory. Joshua knew that every battle that he would engage in, he would win. So guess what? He was never late for a battle. Why? Because he knew he, he, I win just by showing up. Amen? Joshua knew he was more than a conqueror. So you know what? He conquered. David knew that he was more than a shepherd. He knew that he was a king, so he conquered enemies. Hallelujah. Esther knew that she wasn't an orphan. She was more than an orphan. She was a queen. She became queen of a foreign nation. You talk about an identity. She didn't see, she didn't handle herself like an orphan. Why? Mordecai told her not to. His goal, his life, his, his position was to raise a queen. And he did. He raised a queen. Amen. Why? His identity was, I'm not going to bow to evil. And he didn't. See, when you know who you are, you can function freely. And if you need, a, if you need to reset your identity, you can read Pastor Fiona's book, Identity Reset. All right? Your, your new identity in Christ, you no longer owe your flesh anything. Romans 8 says, Don't, you are not obligated to the flesh. Hallelujah. You are no longer obligated to it. It now has to respond to your new boss, your spirit inhabited by God's spirit. There's a new sheriff in charge. It's called my spirit, my born again spirit and now ruled my body before your body ruled you. Now our spirit rules our lives. That's why when your body wants to do something it shouldn't, you say no. <laughs> you don't, you're not obligated to the flesh. That's good news. You can actually tell your flesh no. 
That's verse 11. Verse 12, under your new identity in Christ. Or no, I already read that. That's verse 12. Verse 13, you are continually putting down the impulses of the flesh by the Spirit. All right? What does verse 13 say? For we live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. (laughs) When you use the Spirit, the I don't want to leaves your life. The I don't want to attitude. When God says, I want you to do this, and you say, I don't want to. The I don't want to attitude leaves your life because you crucify it with the Spirit of God. And then you mortify it. Ha! <laughs> your flesh, your, that's how your flesh responds to your spirit. Ha! <laughs> you know, our bodies are designed to be trained. An Olympic athlete can train their body. A martial artist can train their body. A student can train their body on how to learn. Our bodies are designed to be trained, but for too long, our old identity was the training leader. But now we're under a new identity. Amen? Under your new identity in Christ, according to verse 14, you are led by God's Spirit, and you take your place as a son. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. A son is a position in Christ. We are all sons of God, male and female. I made you male and female in my image, right? A son is a position. It's a position of royalty. It's a position of authority. It's a position of power. Hey, man, you got to step up. Step up and be a son. Don't be a slave. Be a son. Be a friend of God, not an enemy of God. Hallelujah. Verse 15, your old identity was a slave, but your new identity is free. Glory to God. How many know being free is better than being a slave? Amen. Whenever God encountered slavery, he he brought deliverance. God is not in the business of making slaves. He's he's in the business of of making family members. He wants to increase his family, which is still increasing today. Amen. And then under your new identity in Christ, verse 16, the Holy Spirit confirms that your new identity, he confirms your new identity by bearing witness of the change that has taken place. His spirit bears witness with my spirit that I am a child of God. You've got direct communication from the Holy Spirit saying, this is who you are. He confirms your identity. Why? He gave you your identity. He knows who you are. Why? He created you. He loves you. He cares for you. He is your helper. The Holy Spirit is your helper. Amen? He comes alongside to help you do what you need to do. Glory to God. We got to live for God. We got to live for God. Amen? We got to show this we got to show this fallen world what a new creature looks like, what a new creature acts like, what a new creature talks like and what a new creature lives like. Yeah. Stop compromising. 
Yes, the enemy will put pressure on you. That's what he does. He's a bully. He's an intimidator. He tries to pressure you with fear, intimidation, and pressure. He can't make you do it. You've got, to allow, you've got to give him permission to do it. But yes, I mean, Jesus was tempted, wasn't he? You don't think he was hungry after fasting for 40 days? And, and the enemy says, well, you ought to turn these rocks into bread? Don't you think his flesh wanted that bread? Sure, yeah, it did. I mean, I fasted for seven days. <laughs> and believe me, my flesh wanted bread. So the enemy tries to get you to accept a false identity at your weakest moment because he can't overpower you. But he comes in at a weak point and he, he tries to gain an advantage over you. The Bible says we're not ignorant of his devices that he would get, gain an advantage over us. Right? We don't have to let the enemy have an advantage over us. We have an advantage over him. Say, I have an advantage over the enemy. Why? He was in you as greater than he was in the world. But you don't see yourself as great. Why? Because you've been listening to the wrong voice. You've been looking at the wrong picture. If you put defeat before your eyes, you're going to be defeated. My goodness, even Muhammad Ali called himself the champ before he was one and he became it. So there's a spiritual truth. How did, God, how did Abraham become a father? Because he, he called himself one. Hello, I'm father of many nations. How are you? Who do you work for? I work for the father of many nations. You know, every time they said Abraham, that's what they were saying. You know, Jacob, and that guy was a trickster, a supplanter. He lied, I mean, he lied to his own father about who he was because he didn't know who he was. So he used tricks to try to get what he wanted. And, but then he met God. He was at a place by himself and, and he had a dream and he met God. Guess what? He ended up becoming a prince. His name was changed to Israel. Is Israel still around today? Oh, yeah. Well, who do you think it's named after? It's named after Jacob, who was a trickster, but now he's a prince. How, he, he, he changed his identity. Amen? Paul was a persecutor and became a preacher. Why? He changed his identity. Simon was a fisher and he became Peter. He became a rock. Why? He changed his identity. You can change your identity. Amen? Just a simple shift of accepting Jesus will change who you view yourself as. There are two things that will motivate you in life, your flesh or your spirit. We're either operating out of the flesh or we're operating out of the spirit. How can you tell? Look at the fruit. The fruit will always tell whether it's a good tree or bad tree. The fruit tells on you, doesn't it? All that fruit, it tells on me. Yeah, it does. Because the fruit just lays it out. 
So you're either going to find your identity in the flesh or in the spirit. You are identified by how you live, speak, and how you act and what you do. Which one are you choosing to live by today? Are you choosing to live by the spirit or are you choosing to live by the flesh? One's going to lead to life. One's going to lead to death. Which one you live by determines how you see yourself. Do you see yourself as a champion? Do you see yourself as an overcomer? Do you see yourself as healed? Did you know that you can have what you see? How do you see yourself? Do you see yourself broke? Or do you see yourself prosperous? The lady with two mites... She saw herself prosperous. Why? She gave. Because she knew that in giving, she's going to get more. The woman with one meal, right? Two pancakes. One for her, one for her son. She saw herself. Now, at first, she saw herself as dying, but her image changed. Why? Because the truth came along and showed her something different. And she sold her meal and got more meals. That's how it works. Amen? I'm almost done. All right? Following the flesh leads to death, but following the spirit leads to life. The flesh is worldly, natural, and limited. The spirit is godly, spiritual, supernatural, and unlimited. How many things are possible to who? To them that what? See, when you believe, that's all you got to do is believe. Amen? The devil operates in the flesh. God operates in the spirit. Your flesh is old and must be constantly subdued, crucified, and kept under. You will contend with your flesh until Jesus returns. Until we get a glorified body, we're going to have to contend with this flesh. So there's going to be that struggle. But thank God... When you rely on the Holy Spirit, you'll always win. Amen? Your spirit is a new uh, creature or creation, and you have to feed it and exercise it with acts of faith and a lifestyle of faith. All you got to do is just feed your faith to keep your spirit active. Amen? Exercise your faith by doing acts of faith. Stepping out in obedience to God, doing what he said. Amen? Because God wants us to oppose the sinfulness of this world system. Its attitude, its behavior, its beliefs, its, its mode of operation, and its sensuality. We're supposed to oppose this world. We are not of the world. We are in this world, but we are not of it. In other words, the world didn't make us. God made us. And he put us in the world to show forth his praise, to say to people there is a way, a victorious way, a way of life that's better than your way. Amen? God wants you in the world to reveal him, his plans, his will, his nature, his love, his joy, his peace, his goodness, his kindness, his grace, and his character. You are to influence this world with the kingdom of God. Amen? 
I'm looking at a group of influencers today. And we're discovering our new identity. Amen? And we're going to get into this a little bit further next week as the Spirit leads. But I'm always open for whatever he wants. Amen? Are you ready to reset your identity today? You may have seen yourself as defeated. Let's turn it into a victory. You may have seen yourself as down. Let's make you go up. Amen? You may have seen yourself as reaching a dead end. Let God turn it around. God's got ways out of deadness that you don't even know about. Amen? If he can make a way through the Red Sea, he's got some ways. Amen? God's got a way to get you out of your problem, to get you out of your mess. Number one, you've got to be born again. If you need to be born again in here today, today's a good day to accept Jesus Christ as Lord. Maybe you were born again, but you strayed away from him. You've been yielding to your old identity. Come on and turn in your false identity today and accept your new identity in Christ Jesus. If you need to be born again today, today's a good day. Amen? It's the greatest decision you'll ever make. And you can be born again today. You can be helped today. You can be encouraged today. You can be strengthened today. Amen? You can be touched today. You came here today. Everybody are on different levels. We all have different needs. Amen? And we don't always need everything at the same time. But I know that there are some people here today that this message is spoken to. And you know that you need to change some things. Amen? I'm not going to ask you about what you need to change. I'm just going to give you the power that you need to change. Amen? Jesus told Peter, he said, hang out with me and I'll, I'll show you how to catch men. Peter didn't know how to catch men, but he hung around with someone who did. And guess what? He became a man catcher. He became an apostle. He became one who preached the gospel. He's got books written in the Bible. He walked with Jesus. Peter walked with Jesus. He met him personally. And he wrote about it. He wrote about it. He saw him transfigured. Peter got to see things that the other disciples didn't get to see. It was Peter, James, and John who got to be in, Lazarus, in, uh, in uh, Jairus' daughter's room. Amen? So, what you need today is found in your new identity. Amen? If you've been feeling weak, come and get some strength. We got some strength at the table. We got some victory at the table. We got some joy at the table. We got some freedom at the table. We got some salvation at the table. Whatever it is you need, I want to make it available to you right now, but you've got to come and get it. Amen? If any of those things speak to your heart, I want you to come up right now, and I'm just going to pray for you. Amen? Amen. We believe in prayer and the laying on of hands. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you that you're changing our identity. You're changing our way of living, our way of thinking, our way of viewing ourselves in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I just speak by the power of the Holy Spirit that you're beginning to move right now in the name of Jesus. And if you're watching online, just make those changes. Right? Father, I just pray for those who are watching this online. And I just thank you, Lord, that the power of the Holy Spirit is going to right where they are. You're dealing with their hearts, Lord. You're showing them a better way. And I just thank you, Father, that they're yielding to you and they're making adjustments in the name of Jesus. Sometimes the greatest results come from the littlest adjustments. Amen? Anybody here need prayer this morning? You need prayer? You came in here and uh, there's something that you need God to do? He'll do it. And why? Because why? he's faithful. Amen? He is faithful. 
and he's here for you. Glory to God. He's a giver of life. He's a giver of good things. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. You are a champion. You are not just a champion. You're a healed champion. You're a vessel that has been made whole. Not just repaired, but restored. In the name of Jesus, Father, I thank you for a fresh anointing to come upon him right now. In Jesus' name, activate life. Release your medicine to his body. In the name of Jesus.